that's generational wealth. Generational wealth isn't just leaving you the leftovers. Mm. Generational wealth is using your wisdom to create things in place for other generations. Tweet Talk episode 88. Let's do it. We on the air, Tweet dope. What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Yes. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Megana himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Let's do it, man. 88 is here. Who, who, who's number 88, Charles? Michael Urban. Michael Urban was an or uh Des Bryant episode. Des Bryant, man. Michael Irvin. Forgot about that guy. What? I was a big I mean, Cowboy fan back in the day. Cowboys were big. I wasn't even watching football. I knew who Michael Irvin was. Emmett yeah. Smith, Troy Aikman. Anyway, episode 88 is here. Tweet Talk Black Wealth Podcast. Just crossed 95,000 downloads. We'll be at 100,000 soon. Nice. Start next month. We're going to bump that up. Try to get the second 100,000 in like three months. But see, guys, your co host, Raphael Husbands, and my guy, Charles Oglesby third JD. And we are Tweet Talk, the Black Wealth Podcast. And we come here every week to change the mentality about building wealth in the Black community. You can follow myself, Raphael, on Twitter at Work Money Life. I follow my partner, Charles, on Twitter at Real Todd Billion. So, what's happening, Charles, in the world of Todd Capital this week? Uh, man, it's just it's a lot. Um, just trying to manage all these things. It's just a lot. Um, but I am getting an office closer to home. So I just signed the lease for that. I'm um, going to keep the L.A. office and keep the office that's closer to home because I don't want to have to drive an hour to the office and an hour back. I want to be able to just go to the office, get work done. If I need to leave to go see my son go swimming, I can do that. If my family wants to come to the office, they could do that. I kind of want to do that. It's funny because I always tell people that like a lot of times these jobs, you're commuting to the job. Um, because you can't afford to live in that particular part of town. So like, mm. you know, downtown, you might work downtown, but if it's too expensive to live in downtown, you're not going to live in downtown. So that means you got to drive to downtown, which means you got to sit in traffic, which means every day you got to fight through two hours of traffic and then work and then fight back home through two hours of traffic. And I found that some of the most successful people work where they live. Um, the lady who owned the, the restaurant in Watts, she actually had a house right behind the restaurant. So she was always there, able to work. And you're able to do your best work when you don't have to give energy to the commute. And so it might seem like, oh, it's just driving. Like, no, driving is exhausting. A lot of people who commute are overweight. A lot of people who commute don't have time to exercise. A lot of people who commute um, eat bad food to make up for their energy that they're using while they're commuting. There's all that stress, that pressure, that frustration. So it's like, if I can remove that element from my life, all these other things are going to manifest. It's so interesting. Like even Donald Trump, like Donald Trump lived in the same building that he worked in. He would literally take the elevator down to the office. And so I'm trying to do that. Like I'm finding that once you become like a CEO, like a boss, you start looking at things that you can make it easier to be great. So um, like you'll see certain people who they just wear the same outfit every day. They don't want to think about clothes. Clothes are a waste. But Zuckerberg does it. Um, Steve Jobs is doing it. Like, it's just a common thing is it's like, I don't want to think about what I got to wear. I just want to focus on the work. So if I can focus on the work, I can get more work done and that stuff. So doing that, um, trying to release some more products. So we are running the Freedom Pack, which is a ultra high quality um, product. I'm really proud of what it is because it's just so thoroughly put together. It covers everything. 
mm-hmm. and it's affordable. Um, and then also looking to do some too affordable. Some, uh, yeah, trying to do some courses on uh, uh, like just that financial mindset, that wealth building mindset, kind of like the rich dad poor dad concepts and all those different things, and distilling that into a course. Also looking to create a course on business systems. Um, and it's creating more content, creating my own universe of con- of content. So that's what we're doing. Cool, cool, cool. And you're saying, yeah, having the, the office close to home is definitely key for produ- productivity too, because mm-hmm. that hour you lose on the commute is now you can't be working. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. Yep. Some All people time that you can't spend your family. They hire a driver so they can be- get that hour back. I've always wanted to do that. Like if I did have to commute, I want a driver. But for right now, um, you're right. You're right. I mean, even if you use that hour just to exercise, that's an mm-hmm. hour better spent doing that as opposed to driving on the freeway. And then also when you're in the office, you're kind of dreading that hour back. So you can't really work as hard as you need to work right. because, you know, you have to have energy to drive home. So you're, you're, you, you're keeping fuel in the tank that could be better served in your business. Then you gotta, you gotta think about, I know you, I know you probably did this too. Um, you think about leaving later just to avoid the traffic. Cause you might depend on where you're commuting from. If, if you're driving, it could actually take you longer, the earlier you leave. Cause you're mm-hmm. in that rush hour traffic, yeah. which is crazy. But my question for you is why are you even getting a, an office close to home? Is, is working at home, not working out for you? No. No, it's funny because Julian asked me the same thing. Um, I don't know. It's not that it's not working out. I just feel like I could be that much more productive if I was in the office. Um, I think it's a mindset thing. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that too. Um, it's easy to go downstairs, sit on the couch, turn on Xbox. It's easy to turn on <laughs> YouTube. It's easy to take a nap. It's easy to have a drink because it's just all right there. So um, I think over the course of doing this and trying to work from home and doing all that stuff, like, yeah, you might be productive, but it's also easy to be unproductive. If I'm in the office, the goal is to be productive. Uh, but you're right. Even about staying later, like I used to do that. That's what I would do is I would stay later until like seven o'clock, eight o'clock. So I can just coast home instead of fighting the traffic. But it's like, who wants to get home at nine o'clock every night? Who wants to get home all late? Right. I don't want to get home that late. I mean, I just didn't. It's, it's not for me. Granted, there's still things you can do. You can go to the gym with that time. There's a lot of different mm. things you can do. There's a gym in the building that wasn't open for the longest time. Now it is open. Um, so there's definitely things you can do. But for me, I just wanted to I've always wanted to be close to home. It was just difficult to find a job that made sense in the Inland Empire. Like I live in the Inland Empire. All the jobs are in L.A. And so if you want to buy a house in L.A., million dollar properties are better unless you want to move to Compton, which I mean, maybe some people want to live in Compton. I particularly don't want to live in Compton. And I don't want to raise my son in Compton either. And so um, the Inland Empire just makes sense if you live in California. But then again, there's no jobs out here unless you create your own job. And so that's the beauty of entrepreneurship um, is creating my own job. Right. I mean, if you're in New York, when I used to work in New York and that was like an hour commute, uh, one plus was that you take public transportation. Like I would read, read a book in the morning and then write like a blog or something on my way home, like by hand or write something on the way home. So that's the only good thing about mm-hmm. a long commute. If you, if you're doing public transportation, if you're driving, right. the best you could do is like, listen to podcasts, something like that, but long commutes are not it. Yeah. Anyway. It's definitely, it's definitely. Um, but the thing is, is public transportation, like the train system kind of shut down for the last year. So that was kind of weird. Hmm. Oh, you got to like, give me that. Uh, you got to give me that new address so I could send you some samples of the new shirts coming man. Yeah, oh, I thought so. That's what I thought you were going to tell me about earlier when you're like, uh, hey, I wanted to ask you something. I thought that's what it was, not the, the crowdfund idea. But either way. Yep. 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 I'll get those samples out to you. We got the Tweet Talk merch dropping right now, folks. 
You can find it at tweettalkmerch.com to get started, get fancy later shirt. More information coming soon, but check it out, tweettalkmerch.com. Anyway, let's get into these tweets talking about building back wealth. So, Charles, you said if that business is doing what it's supposed to do, you aren't supposed to be pulling profits. Reinvest all that. Yeah. Um, there was a tweet that preceded that. Um, I wish you had it because I'm not there. It would allow me to add more context to this. But basically what I was saying is like it's like a business startup. So in a business startup, you put in cash to get it going. Mm-hmm. And then after it's going, it should run itself. So it's just like if you're priming a pump or you're starting a lawnmower, you know, you start a lawnmower, you got to hit the little button in the front. I forget what they call that button, the choke. You got to hit the choke. And then sometimes you got to like put a little gas inside the engine so it can start. And mm-hmm. so like the problem is a lot of times we start these businesses, and the business makes money and the goal is to spend that money. They're like, oh, I got to buy some stuff now. And the goal should actually be to reinvest that money to grow the business so it can kick off even more money, larger money, better money, uh, longer money. But a lot of times what people do is they they kill the tree. They see a property. And I was having this conversation on the group call with the real estate last night. I was like, we have enough money to buy a house right now, but people don't want to buy a house for some reason. They'd rather no. take the money and go on a vacation. And that's not a wealth mindset. A wealth mindset is a long-term mindset, an acquisitions mindset. It's like, hey, we got a good amount of money we can literally get a property for free. Why is it? Right. Well, it's not free per se, but we don't got to put any more money out of our pocket. The tenants did it for us. The tenants bought us a house. Mm-hmm. And so the same thing could be true in your business. Everybody wants funding. Everybody wants an investor. Everybody wants VC funding. Well, your tenants and your clients are the best form of VC. They give you proof of concept. They give you capital. It's your responsibility to then reinvest that money into the business. And so I think what happens is like people want, they want a handout all the time, man. They want a handout. And if it's money that they worked on, they want to spend it. And so they're like, well, I would invest if I had the money. I would invest if somebody gave me the money, if a bank gave me the money, if a VC gave me the money. But the money that you have, like, nah, that's not for that. That's for me. That's for me to spend and live on. And that's not a very wealth conscious mentality. We would go further if even, for example, with the Tulsa fund, they gave out like, I think, 300 grand in dividends. That's a few extra buildings. You don't take over a community mm. with capital. I mean, you don't take it over a community by by spending your money. You got to reinvest and grow and build. That's why Amazon is what it is. That's why Apple is what it is. And c- certain people know this. That's why people don't expect a growth company to invest dividends. It's growing. If your business is a startup, it's by default a growth company. It has to grow. And then you have these other companies, established companies, they can't really grow too much. And that's when you start kicking out dividend because what else do you got to do with your money? You can't grow any larger. And so I think we need to understand business cycles. We need to understand the purpose of business income. And it's not just to to live well, it's to invest well. Hey, so real quick, what are you thinking? I've, I've, I've heard you say before, you're thinking about getting out of this stuff, but what are you thinking mo- moving forward with the Todd Capital Real Estate Investment Group? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Because when you do something like that, a lot of responsibility falls on your plate. It's not mm-hmm. as passive as you think it is. Mm-hmm. And so in the beginning, it's just like, oh, we buy real estate, we do this. And then you start having to do taxes, you start having to do accounting, you start having to um, do property management, contracting, uh, project management, and you look up and you're just doing all this stuff. Um, And so what I tell people is like, before when I didn't have a son, I thought my job was to save the culture. Now that I have a son, my job is to save my family. And for me, if I'm doing all these things for strangers or not even so much strangers, but like just people who don't really have a vested interest in me, 
then it's kind of unfair to my family and it's effort that I can't get back. And you do all these things for people who then run off and do things without you. You do all these things for people who then take your ideas and run off and do it without you. And so that's why family business is so important. That's why Donald Trump keeps everything in the family. That's why Miss Cynthia Hawkins keeps everything in the family. That's why Al Lasoy keeps everything in the family because your family can't run off on you. And so the biggest empires are built with family because I can be fully transparent with my family. I can give them the game. But if I give random people outside the game, they're going to use the game against me. I'm creating my own competition. So basically, my goal is a few things. I've actually been looking at getting into business acquisitions as opposed to uh, staying in real estate because I want to go where the ocean is blue, not where it's crowded. When it's crowded, there's a lot of competition. When there's competition, there's no profits. And everybody knows how real estate works. Everybody's trying to make money in real estate, which means it's going to be less money for me in real estate because I don't want competition. I want a monopoly. So I'm looking into studying the process of acquiring businesses, negotiating that process, getting financing, doing all that stuff, because nobody's over there and nobody really knows how to do all that stuff. So that's kind of where my focus is um, doing less group work and doing more me work and just focusing on building up me and my family. That's kind of my focus. So that's kind of why I'm shifting away from Tide Capital as partnerships and group stuff and more into education and core sales and community, that kind of stuff. And then the company Oglesby Holdings would just be family stuff. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Pure Body Company formulates an amazing range of emollients with shea butter at its base. Pure Body Co. focuses on providing all natural handcrafted products for all people. At shoppurebodyco.com, you'll find body butters and lip balms that are not only moisturizing, but none of our products contain preservative or even those unrecognizable chemicals. So if you're looking to keep your skin soft, visit shoppurebodyco.com. And remember to join PBC Perks to receive rewards as you shop. Hmm. All right. All right. By the way, folks, be sure to, speaking of group stuff, if you're an entrepreneur or want to be an entrepreneur and you want to start your business or build your business and explode your business, you should definitely come join Todd Capital Business Development Mastermind Group. Links will be in the bio, not in the bio, in the, the show notes or in my bio too, whatever. But definitely come and join us. We got the fire speakers. We got Charles in there every call. We got Andre Hatchett dropping in every now and then. We got Michelle, the mom entrepreneur, Welch, cleaning industry coach, productivity coach all that in one person she's in there we got some dope people in there dope speakers coming through every every week come join us Todd Capital Mastermind Group links will be in the show notes and speaking of um, our official CPA Marjorie McPike is official for all you guys out there that still need to do, get your taxes done definitely reach out to her or reach out to me and I can put you on to her handles all the Todd Capital tax services check her out actually sent her she's, she's got her hoodie coming to her on the way but anyway on to the next tweet um, I'm not sure if this is a tweet you were referring to earlier, but you had a tweet where you said VCs go into a startup knowing it has a 90% chance of failure and they won't see a dividend for 20 years or an exit for 10. Crowdfunding investors want a dividend in year one or else. Job-minded people. <laughs> um, so whenever I tweet something like this, it's not to like belittle anybody. It's to shape our mindset. Um, and I think it's important because I, I would just say that the, the whole Tulsa back, backlash was really disheartening. But I, I was having a conversation with Julian Gordon and he did a crowdfund too. And um, I was kind of talking to him about how it was going. And he wasn't, it seems like he had, he had hit a hard patch too. So like it seemed because so like it seemed like the the glory and all the great things they were expecting, maybe it was a little bit more difficult than they were expecting because um, he was talking about how like 
they're using single families to kick out the income to the investors. And they never thought that that would be the strategy because they're looking to redevelop the entire block. Excuse me. And so what's interesting is there's so much that we don't know about business. We just think it boils down to money. Mm-hmm. So when you do like a large commercial project, like people know it takes time to lease up a property like that. They call it an absorption rate. So if you build a brand new apartment complex, if you build a brand new uh, class A commercial space, people know it's not going to lease up automatically year one. It might take five years to lease up that whole property. People who deal in this stuff all the time, they know that. Um, and that's something I had to learn when I was working with Al. But the the problem is the thing with like these income and wealth limitations when it comes to like these private investments that aren't like stock market investments is that like it's not just the money, it's the mindset. And so if you have somebody who makes a quarter million a year or has a net worth of a million dollars, not including their personal residence, and they're considered an accredited investor, they usually don't think like the average employee. They just understand business. They understand this is a three to five year stretch. This is something that is going to, you might not, they're going to have to, uh, they're going to receive a salary. I know one of the biggest things is people are like, well, why does Jay Morrison get paid to run the fund, but we're not getting paid? What is he supposed to do? <laughs> How is he supposed <laughs> he to, to eat, eat and feed his family? And so like, like people know when they're funding a startup, you're also funding the salaries for the executives and the employees. Like that's just how it works. And so there's just so much that people don't understand when it comes to business. And even I don't understand. I'm not an expert at this. I'm still learning this. I'm still coming to the realization of this. And so why is that important? It's important because it it should allow people to have the mindset of, all right, if I'm investing in this, I may not ever see this money again. And I need to factor that in. I can't be giving you my life savings on a startup. I can't be giving you my life savings on whatever. And so like, even when you brought that opportunity to me, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I just have money to just give away (laughs) and just hope to see it in five years. And if I do see it, it might not be too much of a dividend. So it's like, Um, it's cool to see that stuff happen, but to a certain extent, it's also not that cool, um, in terms of how it kind of gets spun from what I'm seeing. I'm seeing like you, you participate in somebody's crowdfund, they get to dance all on top of it, like Diddy, and then you get a little check in the back end. So that's not fun either. Um, it's just a lot, but I think that the law was well intended, well intended, but I'm not sure if that's, um, I don't know. I'm not sure the outcome of it. So basically what I'm saying is like, if you're a crowdfund investor, you got to expect that like it's a, it's a startup. So it should be treated just like a VC. Nine out of 10 of them are going to fail. Um, and if they do succeed, you still don't see any money for a long, long time. Right. So it, in, in a lot of ways, it can't even be your focus. Like you can't, like, you just got to kick them in there a little thousand dollars, $5,000 and keep pushing towards your goal. You still got to be building your business. Um, but for me, I wouldn't want to do a crowdfund because I don't want a thousand people ask me questions all the time. Like who wants, like, we don't even want one boss. Why don't I want a thousand bosses? <laughs> I don't want a thousand people like, Hey, where's this? What's going on with that? Hey, what's this? In the beginning, it seems attractive. But then when you start, like when you really get a little bit of money, you start realizing how little bit of money, like if you did want to go into real estate, or if you do want to do like a business acquisition, you realize a few things. They're going to finance the entire project. So I'm looking at doing some flips in Detroit and they're going to want like 10% of the purchase price and they're going to fund all of the rehab. So you mean if I buy a house that's $50,000, need $60,000 to go into it, I got to put $5,000 up? I got to put $5,000 to control a property that's going to be worth $200,000 and then I can sell it, pay the loan off and I get to pocket whatever that is? Like that's pretty solid. And so it doesn't make sense to even 
even have partners anymore. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to have the stress. It doesn't make sense to have the questions. It doesn't make sense to have the uncertainty, the fear, the doubt, because that stuff creeps its way in there too. So just at a really unique space in life. Something to think about. Something to think about. And if you listen to this and you have invested in a crowdfund, yeah, don't expect to get rich off that. It's important, like like Charles said before, sometimes it's just good to invest in something that other Black people are doing. Like put some money out and said, this looks like a good idea. It's my people. Let me throw some support behind it. Financial support, yep. not well wishes. Yeah. You right. Know? And if you are trying to start a crowdfund, small tip, not, not an expert, but this is a small tip. The more professional you seem, the more likely you're going to get funds. That's all. That's all I got to say. And if you got sales, if you have revenue coming in, the easier it is. You know what I'm saying? But moving on. Um, so you had a tweet. You kind of touched on this a, a minute ago. I think we really need to, to say this to people. You had a tweet saying, stop taking my tweets personal in your own life. They have nothing to do with you. I know this had something to do with a little Devol video. But. Yeah, it was funny because I was just listening to, to his, his little episode on Breakfast Club. And uh, he gets called out and they're like, you said that 30 year old men shouldn't have roommates. And <laughs> so the dude who works in the station was all offended. He's like, oh, I'm 30 and I got a roommate. And Lil Duval was like, I was actually talking about my homeboys who are roommates, but they're out here flossing in Miami. And he's like, I'll say one thing about one person and everybody else takes offense to it. And I was like, that's <laughs> so crazy because the same thing happens to me. I'll tweet something about one instance and people had who had nothing to do with it will take offense and they'll get upset at what I said as if I was saying it about them. And I had to put that out there because it's just so common on Twitter. Like yeah. whatever I say, people are going to apply it to themselves, even if I wasn't even thinking about them. I I wasn't even thinking about you. I've had right. people come at me like, oh, you over here subtweeting. I was like, I wasn't I wasn't even thinking about you. What are you talking about? Right. The funny thing is, just, why, if if me and you are cool, why you think I'm why you think I'm tweeting about you? Yeah, so I thought that was kind of funny that uh Lil Duval has that. Lil Duval was talking about how he gets canceled once a month. I was like, that's funny. <laughs> And the funny thing is, too, that you, you, you've you been saying this for a long time. Like, when we tweet something, it's not about you, folks. So yeah. I'm talking to myself. Very I, true. I think about very that, true. too. Like, uh, I, every now and then I'll tweet, like, man, if you're broke, you better be checking your bank accounts every day. I always do that after I check my bank account, but... See, a lot of a lot a lot of Twitter really is like a personal kind of diary that just so happens to be public. Because sometimes yeah. I forget there's people on Twitter that I forget exist who be mm-hmm. watching. Because if they mm-hmm. don't tweet, I don't see them. I don't think they're there, but they be there watching. Right, right. kind of funny. Some people don't tweet a lot, but they just they just go on there Learned to read. <laughs> but you know, yeah, folks don't and. This goes along with the um, the book that we've been reading in the Mastermind Group, the Four Agreements, and the, what is it? the third agreement says? Don't, don't take anything personal. Take anything personal, because a lot of times people aren't talking about you, and even if they are, don't waste your energy on it. You'll sleep better at night. The worst thing is when somebody is not talking about you, and you take offense to it, and you get all rolled up, you can't sleep, and all kind of stuff. And mm. they're even if they're talking about you, they they're sleeping at night. Don't worry yeah. about the trolls because. Even if they come to your, your your page and they're nasty, they move on to the next person so quick they forget about you in a second, and they're sleeping fine at night mm. while you're all pissed off. So forget the trolls. Stop taking things personally. Go with your life and do big things, man. That's funny. So Charles, you said my son doesn't need a job. He was born a boss. <laughs> 
um, it's just funny because sometimes like I think of all the things that like you can teach somebody um, from like a young age, like you could be teaching them like all the things that I'm learning, all the mistakes that I'm kind of making. I can teach him like how to hire employees, how to pay employees, um, how to manage employees, like all these different things that I'm, I'm learning now, even through making mistakes that I can teach him how to analyze a real estate deal, how to invest in stock options, how to invest in real estate, all these different things that I can teach him. And I was like, man, that's so cool. But then not only that, like all of the businesses that I'm creating for him. And so I was telling somebody like one of the reasons why entrepreneurship is so dope is like you make good money, but then you can pass it on to your kids. Like you can literally just take the asset hand it to your kids. That's what Dame Dash talks about a lot. Mm -hmm. And so it's not an equal comparison to compare job to business. And unfortunately, Dame talks about this a lot, too, is like a lot of folks couldn't get their kid a job where they work. And like, that is crazy. You give all this, all your time, all your effort. And if your son needed a job, probably couldn't get him a job there. Um, and so he has to go out and he has to find somewhere to go work. And so I think that that is irresponsible. But mm -hmm. outside of that, it just, it's an, it, it's cool. And that's why I can't, you got to protect your energy. You got to protect your wisdom, your knowledge, your resources. And that's why, like, now that I have a person that I'm providing for, I can't afford to give that away to anybody else because it's just a risk. It's a gamble. So, like, I got to keep all that in-house. I got to keep all my energy in-house. Um, and so, yeah, it's just cool to see all the different things. He has his own vending machines. The semi-truck is effectively his income. The rental property that we have and Detroit that I'm, I'm like, fixing up is going to be that. And so even if it's like, I remember one time I wanted him to, like, he called somebody. And he was in the process of calling somebody. Um, and I was like, I could be having him on the phone uh, <laughs> negotiating these things. And that's what Miss Cynthia used to do. Cynthia mm -hmm. Hawkins, owner, owner of the restaurant, like her daughters are bosses. And they've been groomed to be bosses since like 12 years old. And they're grooming the daughter of one of the daughter's bosses or one of the, of the boss's daughter. And they're grooming her in the same way to take over the business. And so like, that's how you can do it. And it's really a hack. That's how other cultures do it. That's how they get to drive those nice cars and live well and that kind of stuff. It's just handing it over. Yeah. That's how you end up with these family businesses that's been in business for a hundred plus years. Yep. And yeah, you know, like we said, we, we had an episode, every, every business should be a family business. You could buy the shirt now at tweettalkmerch.com. Nice. You know, the thing is having that option, like you can, even if you, your kid goes to get a, a regular job, it's nice to have the option of handing them a business. Right. Like the Caffey family that owns uh, Chick-fil-A, I saw them on an interview one time. The guy says it's mandatory for the children in the family to go work for somebody else for the first two years after college. Then you come work for the family. But the option is still you come work for the family. Go prove yourself out in the world for two years and then come back. But if you don't have a business, you can't give that option to your son or daughter yeah. or who else. I've seen that happen too. I've seen people do that where their their child gets out of college and instead of just bringing them right into the family business, they send them off to work for somebody else because they don't appreciate it, man. They right. do not appreciate what you're giving them. They don't have, they, they'll expect this to come in and be right at the top instead of working mm -hmm. their way up to the top. Um, but the cool thing though, is if you do have a business and you have that income coming in, yeah, they can get a career, but now they're working because they want to, not because they have to. And so that's the luxury as well. It's like, you're not working to pay your rent. You're not working to pay your carnal. You're not working to put food on the table. You're working because it's just a responsible thing to do is work. Mm -hmm. And so like, you want to give your kids that option because if you don't give them that option, they're going to get taken advantage of, which affects their self-esteem, which affects their psyche. And now you're letting people just talk to you all crazy. You probably stay in a job you probably don't need to stay at because um, you need that paycheck, taking disrespect taking microaggressions. Yeah. And, and so like business is empowering having 
wealth is empowering. It's not so much just about like buying the fancy, pretty stuff. We, we talk about it all the time. And so you want to give your kids that luxury and you can do that a lot of different ways. Um, the beauty, I was listening to a podcast, man, listen to the bigger pockets podcast. And he was talking about how, um, you know, what if you're talking about. you have, huh? Yeah. If you yeah, have student the loans, houses with kids, right. So if you have student loans, instead of paying your student loans, buy an asset. So instead of saying, all right, student loan people, I'm going to pay off my student loans. Here's a hundred thousand dollars. Like, no, go buy a home, go buy two homes, go buy three homes, use the income from those homes to pay off your student loans. And then in 10 years, when the student loans are paid off, you still have the house, but you also still got the income and you probably use that experience that wasn't to acquire more properties. And so my thing is, all right, son, we're going to send you to this school, but I'm going to buy a truck and let the truck pay for your education. I'm going to buy a property, let the property pay for your education. So yeah, I still have a business. I still have assets. I still have all these things going on. But now I'm over here like, all right, son, um, the income from these assets is going to take care of whatever you, whatever you need in life. Isn't that crazy? I think that's crazy to have a truck and then just be giving your, your son two grand a month. You know how hard somebody who's 15, 16, 17, 18 would work for two grand a month? That's a lot. That's, that's crazy. Mm. And so like the reason why I want my son to have that is because young men who don't have money do dumb stuff. Sure. And they get around other people who don't have money and they do dumb stuff with those young men and they jeopardize their, their lives and it's just not good. And I've always felt like we need to do more for young black men young men in general, they need more. We always leave them to fend for themselves. We always leave them to figure it out on their own. And it's almost seen as though it's unmanly to help a young man. Like they want you to struggle and grind it out. And they don't realize like a lot of young men mess up their lives permanently because you just left them to fend for themselves. Meanwhile, you got the daughter, you make sure she has a nice car, you make sure she has money in her pocket, you make sure she has all, all these things. And then you know what happens? She's looking at the dude like, you broke. I'm balling. I got it all together. Why? 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 Why am I more educated than you? Why am I over here doing better than you? Why do I got a better job than you? Because you were positioned to do it. And so between the ages of 20 and 30 that exists, when you start getting in your 30s, young man, you're going to start really hitting your stride. And you'd be looking at them like, oh, y'all whack. You just got <laughs> given everything your whole life. So you think your sneakers look good, huh? Check this out. <laughs> Even the most exclusive sneakers once purchased look identical to everybody else's sneakers. Can I get a holla holla? So how do you take your boring regular sneakers and convert them to unique dynamic sneakers that will stand out? Yo, that answer is easy. You need to g- g- get laced with Get Laced Shoelaces. Yes, yeah, Get Laced is a lifestyle shoelace retailer dedicated to inspiring customers through a unique combination of products, creativity, and cultural understanding. We just want you to upgrade your sneakers. So get laced. Visit GetLacedLaces.com or check us out on Instagram at GetLaced.com. Underscore upgrade your sneakers with a black owned business that provides international shipping, wholesale, custom, and fundraising options. Upgrade them sneakers, baby. He's a genius, man. Get yours today at getlacelaces.com. Premium sneakers need premium laces. And this is the thing that's so crazy it's like when you're given everything, you can only go as high as the person who's giving you something. But if you're building, you can go as high as you can build. And mm. so my thing is, I just want young men to have a foundation to build on. I don't want them to be building from nothing. So I think sometimes we don't want to give people stuff because we think if we give them something, they'll do nothing. When instead, there's so much to build on top of, Raphael. If you give a young man a Camaro, if you give a young man uh, a condo, like I was listening to Floyd Mayweather, he's like, I give my son a paid off house and a paid off car and they got to build from that. But don't have him starting Mm. from zero. 
When you start from zero, you start doing some real ignorant stuff, man. A lot of these young men, if you look at why they're in jail, it was because they didn't have no money and they're doing ignorant stuff to get money. Right. It happens all the time. And then we're just like, oh, well, it was his fault. Like, no, it's not your responsibility to get him to 18. It's your responsibility to get him to success. It's your responsibility to get him to family of his own, house of his own. And even still, you still got to help. Al, he's helping everybody down his line. Once you get to a certain point of wealth, you don't work for yourself anymore. Once you get to a certain point of wealth, you start working for your grandkids. You start working for your kids. Like establish yourself, get financial freedom for yourself, and then start working for other generations. Don't just stop. Don't just take vacations. Don't just chill. Al was in his 70s, in that office every day, worth 200 million, putting projects together for his grandkids, his great grandkids. That's generational wealth. Generational wealth isn't just leaving you the leftovers. Mm. Generational wealth is using your wisdom to create things in place for other generations. And so that's just what my mindset is for my family. And I found that it's more noble to do, do these things for my family than some ungrateful people who don't want to work, <laughs> who don't want to help with property management, who don't want to help with construction. And they just be out here asking me for favors. So, yeah, man, I'm very passionate about that. Because it's a, I, I, I solve problems. I don't start businesses. And Blessed Black Man is a foundation slash business, nonprofit organization business that is set up to solve a problem. If you walk through downtown LA, we talk about this all the time. The homeless population in downtown LA is predominantly African-American male, like 90%. Nobody else thinks that's a problem. I think that's a problem. And I'm not pointing at everybody else to solve it. I'm pointing at us to solve it. I'm pointing at me to solve it. Because if it is to be, it's up to me. Mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram live, no, Rafael. I'm probably sure, pretty sure you know I'm getting some comments. People like, yeah, uh, exactly, bro. Facts. That's a fact. You on Instagram Live, bro? Yeah, I am. But I didn't tell you because if we go, if we get two on Instagram Live, it'll mess it up. Right, right, right. So, this guy says, "I'm blocking me on Twitter because we cool now." That's funny. <laughs> oh, we might not be cool. You might have said some crazy stuff to me and needed to get blocked. We're episode. We're, re- we're recording an episode of Tweet Talks for the for the Instagram folks. I remember when I was trying to figure that out. Couldn't get it. Couldn't get it to work. Ah, oh, man, it's all good. It's all good. What's the next tweet, Raphael? What's the next tweet? Next tweet all is all content matters. All content does matter. Now I want to switch gears for a little bit, just because I want to get this one tweet into this show since I saw it today. Pull it up. Now this this one gets this one is kind of controversial. This this topic is kind of controversial. I'm not sure why. I think a lot of it is because of Robert Kiyosaki and and, and rich dad poor dad. But you said when you pay a mortgage, you aren't spending money. You are transferring your money into a property. When you pay rent, you are transferring your money into someone else's property. Yeah. I was listening to um, the Secret to Success podcast has gotten dramatically better ever since they brought on Jamal King. Um, maybe because it's not just um, it's not just ET dropping game. It's also Jamal and Jamal is massively successful. Uh, Jamal King, real estate investor, oh, super wise guy. Him and ET make a great combination. Carl, he's starting to kind of chime in. He's the Raphael of the bunch. And then uh, they got CJ (laughs) and CJ is good. But what I was going to say is that um, he was talking about how Carl, what he would do is, and I posted this on my, on my Instagram, he would spend up his money on a credit card. And then when he got his tax refund, he would pay off his credit card. And he thought this is just how you live life. So they're taking trips, putting on the credit card, fixing up the house, putting up the credit card, and then you get a tax refund for like 12 grand pay off the credit card and then um, do the same thing next year. Mm. And so um, 
Jamal was like, why would you do that? Let's just not pay the credit card off and use that money to invest in real estate. And so he was just talking about how when you spend money on real estate, you don't really spend the money. You're just transferring it. You're putting the money from your checking account into a property. Like he always says, don't put your money in the bank, put it into the bricks. And so that resonated with me because mm. the same thing is true with the down payment on a house. Everybody's like, oh, I got to put $10,000 down on the house. I got to put $15,000 down on the house. That's still your money. And then if you look at the mortgage that you're paying, you're not really giving that money away. Granted, there's interest and the amortization tables. If you've ever looked at them for the first 15 years, you're likely paying nothing but interest. Ideally, you get that on a 15-year loan. Um, I would like to refinance my home as a 15-year mortgage. I think that's the smartest thing to do. I don't like 30-year mortgages because you do pay a lot more interest and it takes you longer to accumulate your uh, equity. equity. Mm -hmm. But it's just a mindset shift. And the reason why I tweeted it is because we always have this rent versus own conversation slash debate on Twitter. And I think what really inspired it is somebody had tweeted something about like, oh, if you have $5,000, go and buy you a $12,000 property and your mortgage is 700 bucks. And so some dude, he hops on top of that tweet and he's like, oh, well, don't forget about the property insurance. Don't forget about the property taxes. Don't forget about the mortgage insurance. And I was like, these people don't realize that you're still paying that anyway. You just don't see it. And that's why JD, he put something on Twitter yeah, that was and it was funny. like, he was like, your landlord rebranded his mortgage and called it your rent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> something to that effect. Yeah. And, and you're so still paying the mortgage. Right. And it's frustrating because people will try to make it seem like, oh, uh, I'm saving money by renting. Oh, I'm working out better by renting. We bought our house for five 40, let's say, and the model two homes away mm-hmm. is on the market for 660. Mm. One year, $100,000 in equity. One year. You know what I got when I lived inside of my apartment for a year? A bill. <laughs> they gave me a bill. I left. We even paid professional cleaners to clean up. They still sent us a bill. They're like, nah, fam, we had to paint. We had to clean. We had to do all this other stuff because they're going to clean on top of what you cleaned. They're going to paint on top of everything else. And also we had TVs mounted. They gave us a bill. And Mm. so the crazy part about that is like people don't understand the full picture. They're only looking at this year. They're looking at, all right, my rent is twelve hundred. Your mortgage is fourteen hundred. I'm winning because you got to pay fourteen hundred. But what about five years from now, 10 years from now? Yeah. When my mortgage is still fourteen hundred, but my income is three times as much. And that rent. rent, Mm -hmm. Just goes up year they get every year. Your, your your expenses are increasing. You can never get ahead. Excuse me. You can never get ahead because your rent's always increasing. Yep. And so it's frustrating, but I'm finding everything don't got to make sense to everybody. And a lot of times on social media, we're talking to people who don't even live in the same zip code as you. Some over here talking home ownership. Like for me, I, I tell people like home ownership for me was different. I was drawn to home ownership because I saw my mom buy a house for ninety grand and sell it for one sixty. I saw mm. my my stepdad buy a house for. 200 and sell it for 360. Like that was the real estate win for me. I was like, you really got a check for $160,000. You really got a check for $70,000. That's crazy. I'd never seen that kind of money in my life. I was like, that's what we're doing. The whole cash flow and rental property, buying at a discount, flipping it, putting the money into there, the uh, maximum allowable offer, that stuff I learned as I kind of got into it. But still, that makes sense in the market that you're in. In California, it just makes sense to buy it and wait. So Mark had sent me a, a triplex deal. It was a very expensive triplex. It was in down. It was in Los Angeles. No cash flow at all. It was a retail purchase. They went a 1.5 for it. But I'm like, you know, this is in California. It could be worth 2.2 in five mm-hmm. years. And you made $700,000 for just waiting. Yeah, it didn't cash flow but I did make money. And so the market matters. Where we're speaking from matters. We always get on the internet 
and give these blanket opinions. It might make sense to rent where you are. It might make 100% sense to rent where you are, but it does not make sense to rent in California where the rent is sky high, where they're continue to increase the rent indefinitely. And you're yeah. passing up on the appreciation. You're literally giving away the appreciation to the owner. You're mm-hmm. passing up on the appreciation. I told you in one year where we are. And that's not even including the money that we've paid down on the mortgage. Um, the other thing I'm going to say is like, even looking at flips out of state, like I'm looking at flips out of state, you buy for 50, you put 50 into it. It's worth 180. I just saw somebody, I got an email. Somebody flipped a, par- a property in Southern California. They bought it for 1.2 million. They put 70,000 in it. They sold it for 1.8. They made a half million dollars in that flip. The market matters. Where you are matters. We can't just give these blanket opinions when you got folks out here doing the same flip, making 50 grand, when you over here making a half a million. If you're in a half million dollar market, you got to think different. You got to move different. All of our real estate opinions are not created equal. Mm. Yeah. And even uh, Aisha Selden, like you got to think about it. Some of these people, like for somebody like Aisha Selden, whether it makes mm-hmm. sense or not financially, it, it for her, it doesn't matter which one makes more sense. She could do what she feels like because she's got... She's got assets yeah. bringing her money out there. She got a high paying job and she invests in cash flow and real estate that's been paying her for like 15, 20 years or however long she's been doing it. Now she's got IP. She's got a book out that's paying her royalties. She's got money coming out the, the butt. She could, she could rent if she fits. And she says she doesn't want to deal with certain stuff. So she rents. But even Aisha now, I see she's building a house in, uh, in LA. California somewhere. So, you know, you got to be careful about some of the advice you follow, especially if you don't um, really know what you're talking about. One thing that I will say is that um, that speaks to um, that whole tweet where it's like, if you can't manage a thousand dollars, you can't manage ten thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And I think that is malarkey, for lack of better words. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, exactly. Like if you have like if and that's the thing is like if you have a finite set of resources, you better be putting them to the best possible use. Right. right. So it's like if you don't have the luxury that she has to choose to rent, you better be owning because that's mm. the best use to your money. But if you can forego the equity, if you can forego that for your flexibility, for your peace of mind so that you can live in a high rise, whatever, it might make sense. I still think that it would still make sense to own that condo as opposed to renting it because the world is yours. Like when you own it and you leave, that's a rental property as a po- and it's a high value rental property as well. But granted, they just put management in place or whatever you decide to do. I still think ownership is the way man. Um, I don't care how much money you have. I still like, even with Grant Cardone, I still think ownership is more intelligent than renting. OKFA Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Top quality, unique, signature, fresh, trendy. Our shades provide significant UV light protection for eyes, and we have the best customer service around. The freshest and trendiest styles for both men and women. The finest shades to fit your style. Okiefa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Visit www.okiefashades.com. That's O-K-I-Y-E-F-A Shades.com. Or on IG or Facebook at Okiefa Shades. Or on Twitter at DJ Ebrock. Right, right. And like you always said, um, there's certain things that black folks can't afford. There's certain like financial advice that black folks cannot afford to follow. Like we have less than 2% of wealth, even though we are 13% of the country. And real estate is something that we need to be owning, mm-hmm. including a personal residence, including that too. You know, not just for cash flowing because you got to live somewhere and we got kids that we got passed down stuff to. Let them choose if they want to live there or not, you know. Right. But, you know, I tell your folks, if they want to hear the rest of this conversation, they need to follow Tweet Talk, tweet talk Podcast on Instagram. <laughs> Raphael said, if you guys want to hear the actual conversation, you got to follow Tweet Talk Podcast on Instagram. And, but, and um, subscribe to the, the, the 
the um, podcast to the podcast. We will yes. be dropping this by um, Friday, guaranteed. Cool. I don't even know what today is. Today I'm forgetting what day it is. I'm trying today. to go to San Diego today. See if today this woman booked the hotel. Why is it when when they start getting real bougie, they don't want to book it <laughs> if it's not a suite. They're like, oh, the hotel sold out because they don't have any suites. I'm like, they got rooms though, right? <laughs> <laughs> they got beds, right? Oh, there's no suites. Uh, we can't go. She's like, I ain't going back. Not going Why? back there. Not going Why? back. Ah, so I think we're going to do like one more tweet. All right, that's fine. Quick in and out. I still got to get my fuel card. We got to talk about the truck real quick. Okay. Um, the trucking chronicles, man. We're making progress. I got my ELD. Um, it's funny because like explain to the folks what the ELD is, man. So what does that stand for? When you have a truck driver, you have to um they have to log their hours, they have to log um their distance, they gotta log their fuel, all these different things that are getting tracked um and to make sure that they're not effing stuff up. And then I also got a camera to protect the truck just in case there's an accident so you can record the incident. And also because I want to be able to track this person that's gonna be in my asset all the way in the middle of the road. So I bought a, a camera, a front facing and a rear facing camera. So I watch it him and it also watches the road make sure he's not falling asleep or whatnot and then i also have a um the eld eld is required the camera is optional and the gps tracking is built into the eld um and so for the longest time i was just struggling trying to figure this out kept putting it off kept putting it off emailing people calling people waiting on callbacks and i was like bro i gotta get it done um i actually contacted a company called prices regime they gave me this cool checklist i've been going through the checklist making sure i have all these items this is all the stuff you have to have done if you're getting a truck all these items it's like 15 items it's a lot but i'm glad they did this i was actually trying to get one of my people to create one of these but now we have it as a template and we saved it so anyway um i got my dot i got my mc got that got the stickers got that got my unit number got that got my plates got my permits got my ifta all these different things you have to do which are difficult the first time it's very difficult the first time so it's been taking me a long time to get this thing going mm-hmm. but truck two is simple truck two is a phone call Truck two is, hey, I got this account. Send me another ELD. Hey, I need another plate. Hey, I need another set of stickers. This is unit number two. Same stickers I already have. Right. It's going to be the same MC, the same all that, the same website. All I need now is just a different unit number. This is going to be truck number two, truck number three. And so we're building this out and it's kind of fun and it's going to start out slow. And it's not going to make a lot of money in the beginning. But once I get 10, 15 trucks and I can start hiring my fam, getting them off of the job, it's going to be love. So it's a grind. My last thing that I have to get is a fuel card. Um, so I got to call these people and get this set up. And then we should be straight. I already kind of have a driver. I paid $2,000 to a driver recruiter. And I think they already have a driver, but I've also been getting drivers in. So I'm feeling really good. Getting close to the finish line it has not been easy, but that's the beginning of any business as a grind. And to expect it not to be a grind is a mistake. Even if you buy the course, even if you have access to them through their DMs, even if you got to take a different route, it's still a grind. So yeah, I saw, it, I saw, um, I can't remember if somebody shared it with me or something. I saw this guy, George Pitts on Instagram. He was talking about, slightly off topic, but he was talking about, you know, people complaining about these low cost courses, like 20 bucks, 47 bucks, 97 bucks, and how it doesn't give you like everything. He's like, but if it gets you started and give you some of the steps and takes you part of the way, it's still worth it, man. You you, you right. skip some of the headaches. Right. You know? yep, so definitely yep, come yep. to Todd Capital for your affordable financial education. Get started. Get fancy I'm, later. I might need to sell this checklist, man. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> like, Where, where'd you get that checklist? What's this checklist um you got to contact priceless regime they're on instagram you probably got to book them for a console i pay for a console is like 50 bucks so 
Hmm, that's you pretty affordable. Consoles. I'd be throwing console and course money around like it's nothing. Getting that game in everybody's subscription thing. I need all the game. Yeah, people. Invest um, in yourself. People like free game. Even if somebody gives you all the free game, you're not gonna get it all organized. Like somebody can get on Instagram Live and say, "I'm gonna give you all the game," but then questions come from ten different directions and they're all over the place. They tell you all the stuff, but you're still not gonna get it all, and you're not gonna get personalized advice. Yeah, you don't learn it until you do it. Even if you get true. every course, true, true. You still got to get out there and do. Because once you start doing certain things, like you could read. I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. But I was thinking, like, even if you get a really good book and you read some, sometimes you don't understand certain things, or even you read it and you think you understand everything, but it doesn't fully make sense until you actually take action and get into the flow of things. So you, you learn by doing, and you know, put it all together, and you're good to go, man. You're good to go. <laughs> put that on the ground. Put that on Twitter. I forgot to take a picture of myself. Let me take one real quick. No, do it for the social media because the people waiting for that next episode coming coming up, man. They're waiting for that episode. So you're gonna and plus people let them know if they want more game, even though you're talking about you trying to hold it to yourself. Let them know if they join the Todd Capital Mastermind group, they get game from the whole group, not just you, right? From the whole group. And the speakers that come in, all that stuff, man. Can they hear me on Instagram Live? Nope. I did that on purpose because if I had it so that they could hear you, it would echo on my mic. Gotcha, gotcha. And I don't gotcha. want that. So they, people are still tuning in, listening. We've got a good amount of people on here. Tell them again you know, to follow at Tweet Talk Podcast on Instagram. Follow the Tweet Talk, Tweet Talk Podcast on Instagram is what Raphael said. And that's what I'm going to call this live when I do post it. I look crazy, man, but we're still working. And that's the beauty of working for yourself because you can you still can do get what you that want. work in. Yeah. You can do what you want, too. You know, I don't got to look pretty. So let's talk about this last tweet that I want to touch on. By the way, you inspired me to take, you know, I'm about to start going help shopping, man. Nice. Shout out to that, man. Inspired. I think that's dope. Because sometimes it's when you go through a fire that you get pushed to level up and go higher, man. Woo! I got to use that. Get them. You better. You better hit tap into to Mark House Hack, and he'll tell you how to buy a house in uh, an expensive market. Mm. Is that living rent free? Yep. Gotcha. And gotcha. Gotcha. Free. I'll bring him and back. You no. Know, if you need some down payment assistance, come to Oglesby Holdings, man. <laughs> you know, Oglesby Holdings down payment assistance. I hear you. I hear you. Now, so let's talk about this last week. <laughs> I was thinking about that yeah. too. But I think my check that I'm getting back should be able to take me. I might be able to get something. I gotta. I just got to start looking and see what's what. So the last tweet, you asked the question, are you building a business or just trying to get some money? Um, Man, I think this, this, see, this is the tweet that went with the other tweet about not expecting money out of your business in the beginning. So let's, wait, and, wait, Charles, repeat it for the people on Instagram live. Yeah, what so I just the, asked. The tweet was, are you building a business or just looking for money? And so I'm building a brand new business. That business is called Views at Tide Capital. And so got these products, imported these products, got them branded and put them on the market. I was selling when I hit selling, started running different um Started running different promotions. Uh, I ran like a $19.99 discount. I ran a buy one free one, buy one free sale. And the most recent sale was our clearance sale where I priced everything at $10. Ooh. We sold out. Yeah, that reminds so, me. I got mine the other day. I didn't even. I was going to say, because I definitely saw your bag go out. I did it myself. I forgot that it was coming. Came home, found a package, and realized, wait, this is Views. So I'll be doing an unboxing video for that one soon. It's like Christmas time, man. Ooh. You know? 
Um, so I was going to say that I'm having to get in my mind because I ran a sale to get rid of the inventory, but I'm going to also fund that money back into the business. And so now I can buy more inventory with that money. So you make $4,000, $5,000. And most people are like, I got five grand. Where are we going? Where, where's the trip? Where's the next vacation? It's like, no, I, I can buy more inventory. No, I can create mm-hmm. my website. I can create my landing page. I can right. reinvest in branding, get better logos, do better stuff. And not come out of pocket. Mm-hmm. And not come out of pocket. And it's, it's different because most most of us, when we get money, the first thing is to spend it. But I'm like, all right, well, we got resources. Let's deploy it back into the business. Are we building a business or are we just getting money? Because to get in money, that's most people get into business for not realizing I could build views into another million dollar company if I do mm-hmm. it right. Because most people don't have five grand just to throw at a business. Most people get five grand. They're like, that's not what their focus is. And so you have to recondition your mind. You have to reshape your mind into seeing what you can build, what you can grow, what you can create. And so I got this probably from uh Bergo. He was like, reinvest everything. You got to reinvest everything. It's a different mindset. Most people don't ever get to this stage, but you got to be willing to do something different to get something different. And so if I want to invest and get in my website even better, the Mm -hmm. whole views brand website even better, maybe I get like a chat feature, better uh, inventory monitoring because we ran into an inventory issue. People were ordering bags we didn't even have. So I was Mm. having to refund those bags, Um, but it's fun. Like the idea of building a business is fun. It's exciting. And like, that's the way you do it. It's a, it's a build. They don't say build a business for, for nothing. You're literally building, you're stacking the bricks. It's like the brick house. The brick house takes time, but the brick house is going to be the house that's still standing when everybody else's house, everybody else's job, everybody else's situation gets blown over your house that you set there and you invested into and built that brand up. It's kind of like, like a property. It's like, if you take a $10,000 house and you put 70,000 into it, now it's worth 200. If you take a business and you put a bunch of money into it, now it's worth way more money. Now you have systems in place. Now you have better graphics. Now you have better products. Now you have all these things in place because you actually invested the money. And so that's why like, I look at money as push it back out there. Let's invest it back out there. Let's put it back into the truck. Let's put it into all these different things because I'd rather have the money into the business than it's in my bank account getting eaten away at inflation. Mm -hmm. So Um, that's all I'm saying is like, I'm coming to realizations myself. One of the realizations that I found is we had some inventory and it was sitting there. And I was like, you know what? I would rather sell it at cost, get the money back and buy more bags than just have it sitting there talking about, I deserve, I deserve, because I'm still at an early phase in this business. So me expecting to make an immediate profit actually doesn't speak to what I was even talking about earlier. So it's like, I'm willing to dump my product onto the market so that everybody's buying it. Everybody's posting it. Everybody's wearing it. Everybody's doing photo shoots with it. And that makes the brand that much more recognizable, more noticeable. I have a lady, she bought 12 bags from me and she did it on the buy one, get one free sale. So she got 12 bags for a very good price. But now I got 12 people running around my logo on Mm. 12 people. That's Mm. free advertising. That's advertising. That's word of mouth. And so we got to acknowledge that a lot of us, we're trying to make five year business moves at year zero. We're trying to make seasoned business moves, price our products at seasoned business levels when we're still in year zero. And in year zero, Netflix wasn't charging what it charges now. Amazon wasn't charging what it was charging now. All these companies, they get in cheap. You get in cheap and that's how you win. Or you can reverse it. And a lot of times people reverse it and they'll go super expensive and they'll use that money to then go cheap. So we've seen that with the iPhone. They started out expensive, then went cheap. We've seen that with the Tesla Model S. You start out expensive and then you went cheap. 
So it's still a strategy, but cheap is ultimately the end result. You got to become affordable. I was talking about this on Twitter too. It's like, if your product is affordable, everyone can afford your product. That means you can be getting money from everybody. If your product is high ticket, that means you might get 10% of the market, maybe 20% of the market. You're leaving 80% of the market on the table. And there's way more people in that 80% than there is in that 20%. So I'd rather price myself affordable so I can then sell to everybody. I'd rather get $10 from 100,000 people than $1,000 from 100 people because the $10 from uh, from $10 from 100,000 people is a million dollars. The 1,000 from 100 is 10,000. And that's what a lot of people are doing, or it might be 100,000. And so that's what a lot of people are doing. A lot of people think they're they're chasing wealth by pricing their product super high and they're going to end at 100,000. And if they just brought their price model down, they could be making a million dollars. People don't understand that. Why is it that on the Forbes list, the Walmart family has three spots? Not one spot. They got a lot of spots off of one affordable business. Amazon is affordable. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying is we got to apply. I always talk about applying strategy to our business and doing things like that. So like we have to uh, apply strategy and wisdom to what we're doing. I think Paris does this a lot. She does a lot of things strategically and tactically. She's not just doing it like just throwing it out there. Um, And so that's how you get ahead. That's how you get ahead is the study of business, not just the practice of business. Right, right, right. So Charles, type type this in the chat, man, while I wrap this up. Are you even watching it? No. This guy. I didn't, I didn't want to risk uh, messing up the audio. Type this in the chat. Say, go follow at Tweet Talk Podcast. All right, man. And subscribe so you can he- hear this entire conversation on Friday. All right, it's up. Cool. So on that note, we're going to wrap this up. Tweet Talk, the Black Wealth Podcast for your boy, Raphael Husbands and Charles Oglesby. AKA Todd Millionaire. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Raphael, you can follow me at Work Money Life on Twitter. Follow Charles at Real Todd Billion on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion and Todd Capital at Todd.Capital. Episode 88 of Tweet Talk the Blackwell Podcast. This is Raphael signing out. Peace. Yeah, yeah. Yes, this is Donald the Voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast, featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag, you know what I can do. And so, without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm going to give you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.